Now we're going to go across and head to Perth, where I can tell you it is 20 past nine in the morning. It's 27 degrees already, a high of 36 expected. The great man, All Black 1120, Jeremy Thrush, joins the show. Thrushy, long time no speak. How are you? How are you? I'm oh, good, mate. Um, I was supposed to introduce you as the Academy Assistant Coach, but now I can introduce you as the Western Force <laughs> Tri-Scoring Lock. When did that come to fruition? Um, probably Sunday last week, actually. Um, had a call from Chrono. Obviously, he uh, had spoken a little bit about um, we had Ryan, one of our locks, senior locks, fall over, and then, unfortunately, Isaac Rodder, um has re-injured his foot, so last Sunday he kind of gave me a call and was a little bit more serious about me uh, putting the boots back on. So um, Sunday was a long day, a uh, bit of toing and froing with the wife and seeing if I was actually keen to do it or not. And then, um, yeah, gave him the thumbs up and it all went from there, really. Tried to tried to get through as much as I could or as little as I could of training that week and then... <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Jeez, how, how much actual pre-season training had you done? Like, you're a fit man anyway. You've got years behind you, so you've got good mileage in your legs. But game day preparation, I hope you did a bit more than a week. No. Oh, <laughs> I, my, my body was pretty cooked when I retired, so I, I took about three or four months off of anything and then slowly, like, I hadn't I hadn't done a lot of running. Um, you know, I jumped on the watt bike, which I said I'd never do again once I finished. But um, I couldn't really run that well. And then uh, about a month ago, I, my body started come right. I was seeing a physio and um, and started doing a little bit of running, but nothing, nothing too intense. Not not enough to get ready to play Super Rugby. And then yeah, realis- realistically, I I trained half of last week, so I did all the fitness stuff of the sessions, not a lot of contact, and then, um, yeah, just used a little bit of extra strap and tape to make sure everything was in place and <laughs> went for it. <laughs> what happened to, because when you retired, you thought, that's it, I'm done, not playing anymore, then you enjoyed that two or three months doing nothing. What happened to your competitive juices when you're in that dressing room, you're putting the gear on, you're sitting on the bench, and you knew you were going to go out there? Oh yeah, that was that was that was that was always there. That uh, I had a pretty pretty good smile on my face. Um, most boys that know me that play me um, over the years know I get pretty pretty pumped up in the change room. So I had a bit of caffeine gum in, in the mouth and was chewing away on with the big jaw going. So <laughs> uh, as soon as that started happening, I was I was uh, you know I felt pretty comfortable with everything. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty good. And, yeah, if you ask my wife, the competitive juice has probably never left, no. left me once I uh, um, retired. It probably just started happening with my four-year-old daughter or with her at home. So she was probably happy to get me out of the house and, and competing with someone else, to be fair. <laughs> and I thought it was brilliant. When you got that trial, I was thinking, Shit, I hope that's thrushy because he's going to get up. He's going to be part. You stood up. You're beating your chest. you got claret pouring out your nose. It's like you'd never been away. <laughs> yeah. I should have probably saved some energy because I was pretty buggered after that. Uh, there's, there's a celebration. Um, so there's still about four or five minutes left in the game that we had to get through. But um, no, it was great. It was good. It was a good story. My my daughter came. She loves coming to the game. Um, she's four years old. And not to watch the rugby, there's a, the, the fourth do a pretty good halftime show with dances and fireworks. So 
she's real pumped about that. So she was talking about that the whole whole time after the game. Nothing about dad playing rugby or anything. So I guess it all puts it all in perspective pretty quickly, doesn't it? So it's pretty good. There's, there's been over the years quite a Kiwi connection to the Western Force. I mean, I see you've poached, I think, a very unheralded player in Chase Tiete who's going to play fullback for you. We've seen Cux, we've seen you, um, and now we've got Simon Thomas, who was with the Crusaders, as the as the conditioning guy, Simon Chronicles, so and Mark Ozich, who made a good fist of it with Hawks Bay as well, and, of course, your good self. Um, is the Kiwi influence obvious to you there? Um. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, um, obviously, we're, we're dealing with, I guess, different athletes. You know, like, New Zealand's very blessed with, um, you know, everyone plays rugby from a young age, so they, they, they have good skills. They kind of have good understanding of the game a little bit. Um, I guess over here, especially guys that have been born and bred from um, rugby, like, uh, from Perth, sorry, you know, they're, they're competing with AFL or they've transferred from AFL or, or other sports. There's a lot of other sports that are, that compete pretty uh, highly with, with rugby union over here. So um, I guess it puts, uh, and I've learned this from playing, but also now working with the academy boys, like it, it, it puts your coaching, um, you know, on probably under the microscope with just making sure, you, you know, you're teaching the basics, you're, you're worrying about, the, you know the catch pass, the the understanding of the game, and and learning the game a little bit more um, over here. That, that's from a probably a, a rugby W um, Perth side of things. Um, some of the guys come from over east. You know they played through school, so they they they've got a pr- pretty good understanding. But um, yeah, the the knowledge of the game. I don't know. It could be the same as you. I haven't been there for a while, but that's kind of slipped a little bit. I don't think a lot of guys watch as much rugby as they used to. Um, not rugby nors like me or just love to watch a line out all day um, depending <laughs> on who's playing but um, yeah that's probably something I have I have noticed since being here um, but we, it's actually quite funny that Chris Goodman who's the academy um, a high performance manager now who runs the show my boss uh, he's, he was from Tassie and the, and the Crusaders and he, he's, he's great as well he does a really good job um, and there's a girl that works in the office who's a Kiwi as well that does all the, the merch and tickets and <laughs> earlier this year someone called up and complained that there's too many Kiwis in the office so <laughs> we did a running joke that we've been trying to ring her up and put on all the accents and say that's us just <laughs> winding her up <laughs> uh, You mentioned how you love to sit down and watch a line out uh, earlier in the show I gave my take on how much I actually re-enjoyed Super Rugby the no huddle line out uh, the rapid scrummaging um, you've been playing under one set of rules. There's been modifications, but this time from when the lineouts are watered to when you actually got to do it, for a spectator, it excites me. As a player, is there extra pressure because you haven't got as long to set? No, not really. Because like, I, I, maybe it's just a thing that's come down from the northern hemisphere. Like we, when I went to Gloucester, it was big. Like you just you call in a huddle and go in and make a call and then go with it but like like everyone used to say it was it, it made line outs faster but in the end it, it just slows it all down like I, I believe you line out as you get to the line out and you you try to win with speed first so you, you find space and you call to it and that, I think that's coming back a little bit and um, you know I guess it means there's less calls and you're, you're just worrying about trying to get there and, and make sure you execute your skill and your craft to the, the highest you can, and uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's um, it's a good thing for the game. Um, 
wasn't good for my lungs out there when mm-hmm. scrums are quickly getting packed and, and you had to run to a line out and make sure you call them. But, um, yeah, I definitely agree with your staff. It's probably a good thing going forward. Is recruiting a challenge for the Western Force, given like isolation can be a plus because you can sort of go under the radar a bit over there for the Force, but enticing players from around the world or out of East or out of New Zealand, is recruiting one of the one of the hurdles for you guys there? Um, it is. It, it, it is. We need to, I guess the first thing to help us with that is to, to perform on the field. If we have a successful um, high-performance um, franchise, that's, that's going really well. I guess that makes recruiting easier. Um, we're doing a, a pretty good job at it, but I even found that with the academy. Um, a little bit, obviously, I don't do much of the recruiting, but they, for some reason, ask me what I think of players, <laughs> which is probably, <laughs> probably not always a good thing. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, like you, you, it's hard to get the pick of the best sometimes when... Um, you know, all the other states uh, over east are, you know, picking up all their good talent pretty quickly. Um, I think we've got a fair few young guys coming through our academy, a few that are from Perth and um, some that, like, for some reason, either slipped through the cracks or, or they they wanted to come to the force, which is which is great. That are great human beings um, that'll probably put the force jersey on in, in two or three years' time, hopefully. Um, and that's a big thing that they're focusing on here, which is awesome I reckon and, and part of what Goody's done and, and what they're doing here with the academy is they're trying to make sure that at, at some stage we get about 80% of, of Western Force players coming through from the, from graduating from our academy which um, if we can do that and become really successful in the field I think it'll make recruiting a lot easier. Do you see yourself a, a Perthite long term Jeremy like you did stick around once you retired obviously you've put the boots back on again can you see yourself settling there and, and living out your days? Yeah, well, this June's five years, which seems oh. crazy, to be fair. Um, and we, we we love it here. Um, we would have stayed here for a little while anyway, I think, after or when I had retired. Um, but we've got a... Uh, I've got a four-year-old, as I mentioned, and then we've got an eight-month-old that uh, um, is has got cystic fibrosis. So... Um, at the moment, Perth is a great place and for us to be with, with the help we can get through, um, I guess, the, all the medical um, staff and people over here. And Perth's got a great um, children's hospital that are leading the way with um, a lot of stuff with, with CF. So it, it kind of made our decision a fair bit easier to be here and, and, and let Frankie, our, our daughter, have um, a pretty healthy life um, over here in Perth. So we'll be here for a little while at the moment, yeah. Mm, well, sorry to hear that, Jeremy. I didn't know that thrushing no. about uh, young Frankie, no, no, but no, you're, in the, you're in the right fine, place. She's fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's healthy and <clears> we are in the right place. funny how things work out when you kind of get news like that, but then you realise once we went in and spoke to the doctors that, you know, things are changing pretty quickly over there. I know um, even in New Zealand, Paddy Gower's been doing some good work, I think, with trying to get... Mm subsidies for, for medication for people with CF. So, um, yeah, over here in Perth, is, yeah, we, we get looked after really well, so we've got nothing to complain about, and we just keep her keep her healthy and, and she'll, she'll live a great life. Mm. 
top man, Thrashy. Yep. It's been too long. Uh, really enjoyed catching yep. up with you. We've had a few texts into the show who are listening and now saying, uh, Thrushy's champion bloke, what a great try. There's a whole string of them uh, saying it's really good to hear from you. So we wish you and yours well, buddy. And, um, yeah, I'll be watching out for you in the force, those 75 fifth-minute tries. They, they're going to be your trademark. <laughs> That's all I've got left. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, buddy. Have a great week. Thanks so all much. Right. Thanks, mate. See ya. There he is, Jimmy Thrush, one of the absolute champion blokes, over 100 games for the Hurricanes, 70, 80-odd for the Wellington Lions, uh, 11 or 12 for the All Blacks, went to Gloucester. Now he's been in Perth for five years. Gosh, that's gone quick. And uh, just an absolute champion bloke too. Um, obviously, I never played with him, but I know a lot of guys that did and said he's just a champion bloke, and you could hear that coming through. Um, the men's sevens final is just about to get underway in Los Angeles. I'll keep you up to date with that. 374 for five uh, New Zealand. That's after 125 overs. Blundell is on 38. Kane Williamson on 88. That is a lead of... How many behind were we? That is a lead of... I really need to find that out before I start waxing, don't I? Um, oh, that one says 99. It's a lot more than that. I've just refreshed 148. So about 150 in front, Blundell 38, Williamson 88, uh, 374 for five. Good second dig, considering we are following on. We'll take a break. We'll come back after that.